Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello, it's Ayers on the Road. We're happy to be with you again today for this half-hour broadcast where we're telling a lot of stories lately, aren't we, Linda? We are. And today we're going to tell some travel stories. Now, you may say this is not a travel podcast. Why? This is a family broadcast. It is because we have learned so much about families and parenting and marriage from these travels. And it has been on the road a lot. Um, We have traveled through... How many countries? Well, we visited over 100 countries. We've presented to audiences in 45 or 46 of those countries, and it's always about families, about marriage, about parenting. About raising responsible kids. Sometimes these are church groups. Sometimes they're professional groups. Sometimes they're uh, entrepreneurs. Sometimes they're professionals. And we love it. We love getting out and talking about what we think is the highest priority, listening about the same thing. How do we handle the relationships in our life? How, how are we doing with the things that matter most, namely our kids and our marriages? And what we've found is that families are healthy and well all over the world. It's been so fun to see these people. We obviously have done some travel in India um, amongst the leprosy colonies, and those families are not doing well. But today we're really just going to talk about our, our speaking travel and the families that we have met. Yeah, this was your idea, Linda, that we, we started talking about, let's do some travel stories on the podcast, and then we thought, wow, there's so many of them. And your idea was let's divide them into three. So probably this week and the next two weeks... The podcast will be on travel stories. This week it'll be our speaking and who we've met and what we've learned that might be helpful to parents and so on. The next week it'll probably be humanitarian travel we've done where we've gone on expeditions to third world countries and what we've learned there about families. And then I think the last of the three, correct me if I'm wrong, honey, is just the travel we've done with our children in an effort to help them become more citizens of the world, so to speak. So we are going to do something really unique this time, though. We're going to illustrate this podcast. So as you're listening to it or after you're listening, whatever works for you, go to Instagram. And and if you're not already following us, just search for Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together, Richard Linda Iyer. And you'll pull up this Instagram on which you'll find 10 photos. And we're going to talk about each of them. And so that can illustrate it either while you're listening or after the fact. So number one, we're going to talk about Kuala Lumpur. And there's a couple of, there's a photo there about, uh, first of all, the airports are great in Asia. Oh my gosh. It's like going to a theme park. Our Salt Lake. (laughs) Airport is fabulous. It's new, uh, and it's they say it's the best in America. But man, you haven't seen anything till you've seen some Asian airports. They are amazing. On this particular trip to to Malaysia and meeting with parents and marriage partners in Kuala Lumpur and learning 
Just what you said, Linda, that even in a completely different culture, not a Christian culture, more of a Buddhist, more of a Muslim, Muslim, Muslim and Buddhist Muslim. culture, how how powerful people try to do this draw toward marriage as a priority and toward family as a priority is so strong. And, and you know what I remember the most about we've been to KL and they Kuala Lumpur, they shortened to KL. We've been three times now. One time we went on a family camping trip. Remember that? Up in the oh mountains. Oh my gosh, and it, it was, was like a retreat. It was a retreat. And the interesting thing about that was they had their teenagers organize it. These people are yeah, the they're kids, so smart. They understand more than we do generally about giving responsibility to kids early. So they put the kids in charge of this whole program. They conducted it. Teenagers stood yeah. up, did the whole MC yeah. thing. It was amazing. They were terrific, and the kids had such a good time. It wasn't very far away, and it wasn't like camping in the Uintas, I have to say. <laughs> but it was really fun, really interesting to see the family dynamic. Another time we went there, too, we went to a little uh, city that they had organized. Uh, somebody in, in, in the big city had organized a place where the kids could go and, and know what it was like to be a banker for a day or a postmaster for a day or whatever. Remember that? Yeah, it was like it a was little so mini theme park where the kids could go around and, and experience you know, little, it was like a physical, in a big building, it was like you'd go into the bakery and you'd go into the bank and you'd go into the factory and you'd see how things worked in there on a miniature scale. Right, it was, it was pretty amazing. So then the next one you'll come to, if you are going to go on the Instagram and look at these photos, again, Richard Linda Iyer strung together, that's the Instagram account. We invite you to subscribe so you'll have these illustrations for some of these stories we're telling but the next ones you'll come to are from Singapore we love Singapore Singapore is an amazing culture well it's an amazing city it's the most amazing city I think on the face of the earth honestly that giant giant tall skyscraper with a big boat on the top oh, oh my yeah. name is the whole length of the building it is amazing if, if you've seen uh, crazy rich Asians yeah, oh, if you haven't, you should A lot of it it's filmed there. This is the people we were talking to. They were so fun to talk to, though. They, they, the people, uh, and we're talking about a Young Presidents organization that we spoke to for year, many, many years. Many chapters, over 100 chapters. And honestly, they are terrific parents. They're amazing. They have a lot of money, but they have really realized that their family is number one. Well, one thing that was so interesting about this Singapore trip, and we always try to do this, it's something we learned from Stephen Covey, our great friend and mentor. Whenever we have a speech to give somewhere where someone's flying us over and paying us and paying our way and so on, a professional organization or YPO, like you mentioned, Young Presidents or whatever, we always try to call ahead and see if we can piggyback some kind of a church speech or some nonprofit thing where people don't have money to pay us to come, but we're there anyway, and so we can go in and do it. So on this particular trip, you'll see pictures of Linda with some Muslim women and so on in this more professional setting, but you'll also see where we were talking to church groups and trying to be helpful to them and their parenting. Well, well, I think actually in Singapore they had the people who were in charge, uh, there was a marvelous couple there who 
actually invited us to come and do three cities in Southeast Asia. And honestly, they did such a great job of gathering non-members. Oh, yeah. Remember, Just we all had kinds the... Um, the press corps came. We had a big press conference. Right. And, uh, and it was sponsored by the church, but it was incredible. Remember the woman who was the uh, minister of education? Yeah, yeah. The minister of education for us? the Singaporean government. It was marvelous. They did such a good job. Um, they they introduced us with drums. They had these drummers. Remember that yeah, going in there yeah. and a beautiful lunch. They we were so well treated and thank goodness for these. And they were just they were missionaries from our church, but a couple who knew were so uh, uh, able to contact people and get things going. And they really organized a fabulous. Now the third the third photo you'll come to on Instagram, or we're taking you on a virtual tour. The 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 the, the fourth place we want to go with you is Vietnam, and there's a photo there about the mopeds. One of the things you find in so many of the Southeast Asian countries is that uh, the main mode of transportation is these little motorbikes, and you'll see families of six on one motorbike. Oh, not only you will. Not only families, but things, all of their business hanging from these things. In fact, they gave us a book called Bikes of Burden. Oh, yeah. They're, they're carrying chickens. They're carrying... A household on one bike, motorbike. And they weren't they weren't uh, Kawasaki's even, or what's the big motorcycle? Oh, the Yamahas, the... Uh... No, the big, big ones. Oh, the Harley? The they're, Harley. they're not there Harleys. No <laughs> they're little motorbikes. They just putt-putt along and they right. get people where they need to go. But one of the things we learned from parents in Vietnam and some of the other Asian countries is they their, their parenting sort of is superior to ours in some ways because um, they have they have in their culture an ability to pay attention to positive behavior in their children and sort of ignore negative behavior. And it's such an interesting thing to see how that works out. I always like to tell the story of one woman. I was with her personally. I went to her house and and when I came in, her little three-year-old was tugging on her and being really rude and loud and everything. And I'm thinking, when is she going to discipline this child? Well, finally, it just got so bad, she opened a door and pushed him inside and closed the door. It turned out to be a closet. Didn't even didn't even acknowledge he was there. And I'm like, what's happening here? And the, the crying stopped in the closet. The little kid came out, stood respectively, waited for a pause in the conversation, and then said, excuse me, mother. And now she kneels down, gives him her total attention, ignores me. And I mean, it's just one example. A lot of the Asian culture, as far as families, the parents have learned or they're culturally aware that kids will do whatever it takes to get attention. In our Western cultures, if you watch families, it's always the kid who's acting out that's getting the attention. And the ones who are behaving themselves are getting ignored. If we could turn that around, if we could learn that from Asian cultures, we'd be better parents. We would. And, but I do have to mention that we did have private consultations with some parents when we were there. And uh, they were in trouble, just like we're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they, they really realized that they needed to pay more attention and, be, and give more praise. It's really hard for 
um, Asian, especially Chinese, to give praise to their children. So we learned so much about parenting. The next, the next stop on our virtual tour or on the Instagram, if you're going to look at those photos, was Saudi Arabia, Riyadh, and Jeddah. Now, to some and to us, frankly, before we, we visited there now several times uh, as speakers, but our, our impression was sort of like this mythical desert country or... We thought of it as well, a, a little like Dubai, where we'd visited or whatever. But it's Saudi Arabia is truly a unique different. culture. And the first time we went, we had to give our presentations two different times: once to the men and once <laughs> right. to the women. The last they couldn't time we meet together, I do have to say, the last time we were there, we were in the um, downstairs of a gorgeous home, and the men and women were together. Um, I was reading a book about Muhammad, and I said, you know. I respect Muhammad so much, and of course, Allah is one God, and we all believe in one God, and they all, sh you know, nodded their heads. So, it was really an amazing experience, not only culturally but religiously, because they are a very unique culture. And now and the women very family oriented, and very family oriented, and progressing, so the women can actually drive cars. They can now. drive. <laughs> they, they suddenly can drive, but. Honestly, I just sat by a little teenager and I said, how do you feel about having your marriage arranged? Because they all, they still arrange most of the marriages. Before we go to break, though, Linda, you've got to tell the story, or at least start it, about that wedding. You got invited to the most amazing wedding in Saudi Arabia that anyone had ever seen. Oh, I can't do that in one minute. We're going to have to do that after the speech. Let me just finish my story. Okay, all right, all right. We'll teenager. come back after the break for the wedding story. It was story. the most <laughs> incredible experience of my life. But um, this little girl, I said, how do you feel about... Having your wedding arranged, do you want that to happen? She said, oh, yeah. oh, I would hope so. I can't choose for myself. My parents know. This is the union of two families, not just two people. Yeah, and it's yeah. so fascinating to see how they do that and make it work. Even even those wealthy Saudis who come to the U.S. to get educated at an Ivy League school, they still prefer arranged marriages because... In its best sense, that is the unity of two families, and we'll talk a little more about that. So hang on, we'll tell you about the wedding. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back on Ayers on the Road. We're talking about travel stories today, specifically speaking stories all over the world and trying to draw lessons about parenting and we're on this little virtual tour we're in Saudi Arabia right now and uh, Linda, a virtual tour which you can see on Richard Linda Iyer on Instagram right and and if you're um, listening in we started talking about this wedding story we're in where, was it Jeddah or Riyadh I think it was Jeddah where you it got invited in, to a wedding it was in Riyadh in Riyadh, and I'll, I'll just tell you, I was a little miffed because they didn't invite me, but they invited Linda, and she was to leave about 10 o'clock at night, I think it was. Oh, yeah, well, 11. They don't really start these weddings till, but... Long story short, I sat at the hotel, and at 4 in the morning, you still weren't back. Now, you tell what happened. Well, that was, that's normal for a wedding, but I they picked me up in a huge Mercedes... And on the way, we were rear-ended by oh my gosh, a I guy who was drunk. That. Oh my gosh! Oh. In Saudi Arabia, I don't know if he's, he's probably, probably still put in jail. Away forever. 
But anyway, we made it there. Everybody, I said, what should I wear? I didn't bring anything for a wedding. I said, anything is fine. And they were so gracious when I went in there. Everybody had black abayas on, completely cloaked except me. And I happened to have a red jacket on. It was really pretty embarrassing. But we went in, they took off these jackets with the most gorgeous Paris and Milan fashions you could imagine. Just women had a wonderful time dancing. They were dancing on stage. There were 500 women. Ice sculptures, everything. There's a wedding, and there are no men there. No men. But then they closed it down um, at, I don't know, maybe it was like one o'clock, and (laughs) and the men came in. All the women put their abayas back on, all the men came in, and the bride and groom came, the bride came down this beautiful staircase with this gorgeous dress dripping with diamonds, and then they went to the stage, and then they showed a video of their childhood, just, just like, like we do you'd see here, wedding. just like you'd see at a wedding here. Anyway, it was so beautiful to see this family so excited about this union, and then the men left after a half an hour. They took pictures, and they left, and the women all took their bias off and danced again the night away. It was amazing. I was scared to death. I thought you were in jail somewhere. You got home at five in the morning to the it hotel. It was so fun. It's something I'll never ever. But again, forget. The, the power of the family ritual is so strong in, in these Muslim cultures. It's right. just incredible. The next stop on this little video tour or this little virtual tour is Dubai. We've we've spoken there several times, and it is just an amazing, amazing place. And I remember what the what the people in Dubai that we were speaking to were most interested in is a family economy. How do we keep from spoiling our kids? How do we? I mean, you, you contrast this where sometimes we're speaking to people in poverty, where the biggest problem is how do I put food on the table, and other times we're with families where the biggest problem is. How do I keep from in, entitling my children when we have 15 servants in our household? Right. Oh, it was so difficult. And when I live with my mother-in-law and she makes oh, the rules. And the mother-in-law's in charge of real. the house. We had to change our presentation a little bit because that culture is when, so When you get married as a woman, you you move in with the your your husband's family and it's your husband's family mother who runs the household not you and it's very real it's amazing but beautiful families and actually in dubai remember we had a sikh uh couple who were uh, our hosts they were beautiful people absolutely wonderful and then one time we did the whole day on doing a family mission statement and we had a woman who a member of the group that uh conducted and she had canvases up and everybody painted their found mission statement by the end of the day. It was so fun. It was so interesting to see what they what they came up with. If you're following along, and you don't need to, but if you are on, on Instagram, Richard Linda Iyer, you're up now to photograph number eight, and we're in Abu Dhabi. And Abu Dhabi, as you know, is one of the Emirate countries, and it's not, uh, hadn't been as advanced as Dubai, but man, it's making up for lost time. And the thing that I... Um, remember talking to those parents about again these were wealthy parents uh, very wealthy parents and um, beyond the entitlement thing it was we were trying to convince these wonderful people that they should not delegate parenting they all have nannies they all have tutors they all have people that are in their house taking care of their children and we our whole pitch and it was fairly well received actually was look if you have that resource 
delegate everything except the parenting. Have a cook and have a chauffeur and have whatever you want, but don't delegate the parenting because the buck stops with you and this is the greatest joy of your life and don't let anyone else do it. It's amazing how in some parts of the world where people can afford to have nannies, they just say, well, I'll come in and have a little fun with the kids I'll now have dinner then, with you. But you but, take yeah. over, and that's such a fatal mistake, such a tragic yeah, mistake. Yeah, it is, and it's so common with so much help. But, wow, with our daughter who just had twins and a four-year-old, two-year-old, <laughs> I would love some of that help for her. Yeah. <laughs> would be great. Well, moving on then, the, the ninth photo or the ninth stop on our virtual tour is Moscow. And it's interesting, we had, we had actually traveled to more than 100 countries, but had never been in Russia. It was just like this big void. We'd never been invited there. No one had ever put on a, a program. And then a couple of times, and, and some of the pictures you've been looking at back, I, I should have given you the, the, the time frame, but they're in 2008 and a couple of them in 2014. But in 2017 and again in 2018, we... We had these invitations to go to Russia, and we, on one occasion, went with our daughter Charity and her husband Ian, because they were close by in London where they lived. This is the one who just had twins, by the way. But the the photo that you'll be looking at is they were there in Moscow, and boy, did we learn a lot about Moscow. And again, in their own culture, their own different way, how family oriented. Most Russian yeah, they're couples beautiful really families. are. I, I have to say that we ate really well. We had gorgeous dinner at the top of a building, open air, and so on. It was fabulous. But we learned to really like caviar. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> they had this table just drip with caviar, and uh, the black caviar is actually better than the orange. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> you have so to you understand know. about our speaking travel: is we go f- to these extremes. We're usually invited by wealthy groups or corporate groups or whatever and we eat at michelin star restaurants and so on but then we always try to couple it with a church event or with an event for people on a lower economic scale that we can really provide help to where they don't have to pay anything and the contrast is so interesting well we'll be talking about that next week i mean well yeah when we get to the humanitarian travel that's exactly right but um I, you know, the Moscow trip was interesting because I got to play a lot of tennis there. The people that, the person who was the chairman of the event was a tennis player. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is you get in such radical different cultures. Once you get on the subject of children and family and marriage, it supersedes all the other differences. And And it's like you're their best friend. So many great families. Um, the last one, the last stop on our virtual oh. tour is Pakistan. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have to, uh, it, we had the most amazing experience twice there. The first time we went, we went to a woman's house. It was like a castle in, uh, enclosed by a huge wall. And she had 26 servants. She said, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. We have to start, we have to chop the chicken's heads. Not we, her, not her, <laughs> the servants. I have to chop off the chicken's heads and do it from scratch. Everything from scratch. Every child had to have a bodyguard, a tutor, a driver. And, and it was absolutely astonishing. I mean, she had so much help. And she said, really, 
the help always need help. It is exhausting to have this much help. I mean, it sounds great. Was that our first time in Pakistan? That was the first the time. She one? was she owned a rug store. You know, she was making oh yeah, rug, beautiful. When beautiful was rug. the one where we were detained in the airport? Was that oh, the first? Oh, that was trip? the last. That time. was the, the we second. We just that's recent. Pakistan's gotten harder oh, and worse to get scary. into, and you would not want to go there now. Believe me. In fact, the State Department probably wouldn't let you go. It's on the danger list. I think list. they told it was on the danger list. When it was we went, on but... the danger list then, but we we got to the airport on this second trip. And now, if you want to contrast, think of those Asian airports, and then think of the Pakistan airport. You thought you were landing in. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Darkest Africa. Africa yeah. It, it, the the darkness of that terminal and the the suspicion in people's eyes. Oh my eyes goodness! And, and the, our host was so great. He met us right at the gate so we wouldn't have to go through all this stuff but then he took us into this room and it this was this was in the immigration room it was this like was a library the... but there were just there were just huge amounts of papers just coming out and of books there was no everywhere. automation there, there were no computers. no computers and we were so scared we had to sit there for half an hour well the guy was actually hand, making a handmade visa for us yeah with his pen, we were sitting in this little office and it was dark and there were people with guns standing on each side and so on. And then if I'm remembering it right, Linda, it got to the point where he said, we're denying your V. Oh, I know what it no, was. that was the first we, time. Oh, oh, was that, that was the, the first time. Oh, yeah. well, I'm mixing these up a little maybe, but we opened our passport for the stamp and the only page left in the passport was the last page, which was sort of the back cover. And he looked at us and he says, you don't have a page for the stamp. We're going to have to send you back. And I said, well, here's a page. And he said, what, that's the back cover. Do you, think, do you think we're not good enough to have a real, this was through an interpreter. <laughs> yeah. Are we not good enough to have a real page in your passport? And it was really getting it was frightening really scary. with the guys with their guns there and so on. And um, I guess we might as well tell you what happened. The, the host, our host there, who was from a, a wealthy family, basically took this guy in another room and we couldn't see what happened but he came out and he was all smiles and he stamped the passport and obviously what happened is he got bribed yeah right but i think actually the second time going to pakistan was fascinating absolutely fascinating we went to that mosque remember that yeah, beautiful yeah. mosque and we went through dirt roads in the middle of a huge city it was it was still dirt roads and I rolled the window down and take some pictures, and, my, and our host said, close that window right now. Somebody will grab that phone out of your hand before yeah. you even know what happened. Yeah. And um, there were donkeys going by us with these huge loads. A little donkey fell, and I thought, oh, stop, wait. And, no, 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 we can't stop. But the, this beautiful mosque, just absolutely stunning. So. And again, the mosque that, that I'm thinking of, that you're thinking of, Linda, family-centered. They're not... There, you know, there's a lot of division in the Muslim world, and we think of it as being anti-family in some way. But when you get with the actual people, they're looking for family. Oh, unity. they're beautiful. I have to say, I sat by a woman at our presentation afterwards, and um, she was beautiful. And some of them were biased, some of them didn't. Some had, were completely covered, some were not. And I asked the woman uh, next to me, with who was completely covered, I said, "How do you feel about?" wearing this abaya and she said I feel safe I feel safe I love having yeah, this yeah. and um, again uh, we saw her later and it, it, she was just such a fine person you could tell 
she was um, thinking deeply about herself and her, you know, her inner thoughts and so on. Let's go back to arranged marriages for a minute too, because as Western cultures, we're so anxious or quick to condemn, oh, how stupid an arranged marriage, come on, people need to find each other and so on. But when you're actually in those cultures and you realize how it actually works, where two families that think they're compatible with each other will introduce their son and their daughter. And then the son and daughter essentially date, they're chaperoned as they do, but they make the final decision. And if the marriage happens, then it's quite a remarkable marriage because it's the merger of two families. I am a convert. And even the Abayas. I would love to arrange a marriage for one of our children. We have one son we'd like to... (laughs) I'm serious. They are beautiful marriages, and the families that come together are incredible because they have so much in common. So before we're out of time, again, we're going to try this over the next three weeks where they're on Instagram at Richard Linda Iyer. You can go and look at these 10 pictures of the places we've talked about today. Next week, we're going to get to a very different kind of travel, humanitarian travel with your children. So we hope to see you next time on Iron on the Road. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.